Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NTI Pod Talk. My name is Diane Kaler, and I'm the Director of Nutrition Therapy Institute. This Pod Talk is our opportunity to have fun conversations with interesting people who have interesting things to say about nutrition, food, and health. I talk to NTI instructors, students, and grads, to health industry professionals, to farmers, and anyone else who has an interest in nutritional wellness. While many of our listeners come from within the NTI community as students and grads, we also have prospective students who tune in. And to those listeners in particular, I hope you find that the people we talk to inspire you to finally make the jump to pursue your passion and come to school here at NTI. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the NTI Pod Talk. My name is Diane Kaler, and I am Director of Nutrition Therapy Institute. Well, as you know, we oftentimes talk to people who are within our community, uh, students, graduates, instructors, and then we talk to people in the food community, farmers, um, people who are in support of farmers. Today, we're going to take a little bit of an excursion into something that is specific to holistic nutrition professionals. Um, today, I am pleased to be talking to two of uh, two people from the National Association of Nutrition Professionals, um, Danny Gibbs, who is the Certifications and Member Relations Supervisor, and Nicole Hodson, who is the Executive Director of NANP. So um, first of all, welcome both of you. I am so pleased to be talking to you and have you here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why I invited Danny and Nicole is because I would like our community to learn more and understand more about the board certification, uh, board certification, board certified in holistic nutrition, that title and the exam that the NANP um, has created and offers and this whole opportunity for uh, holistic nutrition professionals to become board certified. So that's the reason why we're here. That's kind of the, the platform that, that we're going to be speaking on. Um, and we're going to get into I, what I hope are very interesting questions and, and questions that people have, have had and just uh, didn't quite know how to formulate the question. So um, I'm looking forward to a really interesting conversation here. Right. So um, first of all, let's just do a really high level. Um, what is the NANP, first of all, um, for anyone who is unfamiliar with the National Association of Nutrition Professionals? Well, my favorite topic, Diane. So um, I'm <laughs> delighted to talk about NANP. Um, NANP is the industry association for the holistic nutrition industry. Um, and so we've been around since actually 1985. Originally, it was the Society for Certified Nutritionists. And then in the mid 90s, it became the National Association of Nutrition Professionals um, to sort of encompass the whole country. Uh, today, we have members even all well, actually all across the United States in Canada, and all around the world. Um, and so we are here to support the work of those who take a holistic stance, who approach their um, wellness or even their medical um, 
practices from a holistic perspective with an emphasis on nutrition. That's what we're here for. Um, and we do advocacy work on behalf of the profession. Um, we have partners who um, are in support of the work that our um, student members, our associate members, and our professional members do. Great. That's that's a wonderful explanation. I always say that the NANP is um, <clears throat> the group who um, advocates for and sets the standards for this field and explains what is this field of holistic nutrition. Because so, so often people don't really understand what does it mean, holistic nutrition? What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. So, um, but, and, and that's not why we're here today to talk about holistic nutrition. Maybe we should have a whole other conversation at a different uh, point in time. But today I really wanted to talk about um, the, the um, certification that you offer, board certified in holistic nutrition. Um, so um, I, I will just, um, you know, start off by asking a simple question. What does this board certified in holistic nutrition um, certification and credentials mean? What's what what are the benefits of it? And, and actually, first of all, why does it exist? Yeah, well, and that's a really important question. Um, when you look at the field of nutrition um, and what what used to be singularly diet dietetics, and then nutrition kind of, you know, came about. And um, when you look at the industry as a whole, in order to really be recognized and to practice on an even level with other people who are in the field of nutrition, um, it was important for our association to offer the same types of experiences that would be gained from being a member of, of other, other nutrition associations. And so, um, you know, there's the importance of getting a good education like you get at a school like NTI. And then it's also important to pass a board exam. Um, others in the nutrition industry do pass a board exam. And so it's important that we are on par with others in our industry and that we can demonstrate that we've gone through the same rigors as other people in the industry. So we can really take our seat as a, as a part of the community. Um, so it really came from the realization that just getting the education alone was not going to put us on par with others in the industry. And so the board exam was developed. Um, and the exam was developed uh, and rolled out in 2007 um, as a part of uh, really the, the effort to start to kind of feel what this was going to look like. Um, it was beta tested in 2007. It was rolled out as a beta test in 2007. And consequently, that's when I was hired, actually. Uh, uh -huh. So um, I came on board because the NANP wanted to take the process one step further than what other associations do. So with other associations, they require an education at a certain level, and then you have to pass their exam. The NANP has those same processes, but in addition to that, they wanted to have a credentialing process. So when you are a part of the medical community, um, and you go to say, let's say you're a registered dietitian, you want to work at a hospital. 
you go through a credentialing process that the hospital puts you through or the medical group that you belong to will put you through, which is a verification of your education. They look for any um, adverse reports against you, malpractice, that type of thing. NANP does that exact same thing. So when you pass our board exam, not only did you pass the board exam, but you also go through a full credentialing process. So um, the benefit to you as a practitioner is that you can say with such confidence and such certainty that you have passed the most rigorous process in our industry. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, Danny, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, actually, Nicole, I was hoping that you might be able to touch on the trademark actually the registered trademark and how that kind of benefits the people who hold this credential, why it matters. That's a big one for us. So important. Thank you, Danny. Um, When we went through the process of applying for the trademark, it was with the desire to set this credential apart Um, and ensure that it couldn't be co-opted by anyone else. Um, What also ended up happening and why it's such a wonderful benefit to our members who are board certified is that um, we are seeing in some states where there is legislation, and Diane, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier in title protection states, Um, And some exclusive scope of practice states might have this coming on as well in the future. There's legislation that's been introduced that says if you carry a title that is um, a registered trademark, um, registered with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office as our title is, then you are safe to practice in this state, even though it's a title protection state, um, which is such a great benefit to people who are yeah. in those states um, because otherwise they may not be able to um, practice uh, in, in that state. So um, it's very important to know the laws of your state. And it's, of course, very important to carry this title so that you are protected. What we do know is that that legislation has become boilerplate legislation and that that boilerplate legislation is being taken from state to state to state. So we do anticipate that we will be seeing that um, really being introduced across many, many states in our country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for uh, longtime listeners of this podcast, just uh, to remind you that um, we have two interviews with Laura Waldo, who is the legislative affairs uh, representative at NANP, talking about those um, different types of, um, uh, you know, ability to practice in states based on uh, the legal environment. So um, look look at those uh, uh, podcasts with Laura to learn more about that um, and also look at the NANP website. So, all right, good. So that's, um, that's a really good um, kind of foundation and background for the rest of our conversation here. So um, so let's talk about eligibility. How, is, how does someone become eligible to take this exam? Well, you go to NTI. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Love that one. <laughs> um, so uh, 
when you join the NANP as a graduate of an NANP approved school like NTI um, and become a professional member of the organization. So by graduating from an approved school, that means that your school has met all of the educational standards that have been established in getting a fantastic education in holistic nutrition. So you've gone to school, you got this great education, you've graduated from school, you are automatically eligible to apply for the board exam. Um, and so the application, as it should be, um, is, is a little bit rigorous, a little bit um, extensive, but you're taking a board exam and that's a very, very big deal. So um, we have a very comprehensive study guide. We have a very, very strong set of FAQs on our website that we um, very, very strongly encourage you to read every single question and every single page of the study guide. It is packed full of information about eligibility, what makes you eligible, what you need to apply um, to take the board exam, what we require of you um, in that process. It covers the fees associated with it. Um, and then it also talks about how to study for an exam like this. Uh, it's not an uh, it's not an easy peasy thing. Uh, we don't want it to be. We do want it to represent the best of the best of our industry. Um, and so it does require some study and it does require, um, there are study materials that are recommended in the study guide um, that uh, from which the questions in the exam have been pulled. So it's very, very important to look at those materials and read them very, very carefully uh, to understand all of the eligibility requirements. But your foundational eligibility is graduate from an, an NANP approved school like NTI and um, become a professional member of NANP. Those are the two main Great. things. Mm -hmm. Great. And Danny, um, yeah. if I understand correctly, you are the person who kind of helps walk people through the application process. Is I that am. correct? Yeah. So I connect with them basically from start to finish, as well as um, help them through the recredentialing process, which you do every two years after you've passed the board exam initially. So I'm with them from start to finish and ongoing. Um, and and you just kind of to echo what Nicole said, I just want to emphasize the importance of reading through that study guide and those FAQs to just give you that base level knowledge uh, of what to expect. That way, when you do come to me and you're going through this process and you have questions, you're able to understand what I'm saying in response. You're able to understand my answers when I say, oh, the contact hours form, you have an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And that study guide is free for download on the web site, the NAMP website, because we just want everyone to have access to it. Because also, as Nicole said, while it does give you great information on what's in there as far as what to study and how to study, it lets you know so much information to prepare you for just what to expect, which is huge. You don't want to go into something mm -hmm. like this blind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's great that you put it on your website for free and people don't have to actually fulfill any sort of application, right. um, you know, threshold in order to get access to that study guide. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right. So, um, you know, not, not to, uh, <laughs> um, put a downer on the conversation, but can you talk about any like one or two typical 
hangups or hiccups that people experience through the application process that could have been averted had they kind of done all their due diligence? Oh, Any, anything typical? Um, <laughs> you know, the, it really kind of the one and only big thing that stands out to me is um, folks don't necessarily understand that, especially when they graduate from a place like NTI, they already qualify. So they try and kind of submit all their items in before they submit their application. So essentially, like before they have like a financial obligation, give all their stuff. And that's really difficult from an admin perspective um, because we don't really have anywhere to put all these items that you're giving us. So we need the application Mm -hmm. first. But from the applicant's side of things, if you don't go through the application first as it's designed, you lose out on a lot of information, instructions. So you're, you're again, you're going in blind and the process becomes very confusing. It's very convoluted. So just apply first as design and then send in your items um, because you already qualify. So there's no, what if my application gets denied type deal? Ah, uh, okay. All right. Very good. That That's, uh, that's really good feedback. All right. So you mentioned something, um, and you, you said the word contact hours, and this I think is um, something where people get really confused about. So can you explain the contact hours requirement and how that works for new graduates? And there's there's a time window where mm-hmm. new graduates sort of get a little bit of, I, I, I don't want to call it a grace, but so, some yeah. sort of, yeah. okay. Grace, yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah. So can you talk about the contact hours requirement? Absolutely. So um, the new graduate uh, policy that you kind of alluded to is if a graduate applies for the board exam within one year of graduating, they qualify as what we call a new grad. And the benefit to applying as a new grad is you get two years from the date that you take your exam to submit your 500 contact hours. Um, and, and again, you just have to apply within a year. That's not take the exam. So um, from your application date, you actually have a whole year to take the board exam. So we do give them essentially a bit of a grace period in mm-hmm. um, in gathering those hours. So we want to honor mm-hmm. that time for people who may be establishing their business. Um, Mm -hmm. And the contact hours, 500, like I mentioned, and we do break it down between what we call direct and indirect contact hours. And the direct contact hours are things like um, an internship or uh, employment as a nutrition consultant, nutrition educator, or uh, self-employment. And and the direct hours are going to be anything that you are dealing with direct clients. So during consultations, et cetera, um, the indirect hours are more research-based. So anything that doesn't deal directly with focusing on client interactions. So whether you're, uh, writing blogs for the website that you just started, or whether you're doing, um, writing research papers or policies or, or workshops that you're kind of building and curating that all counts for hours as well. Um, so we do offer a wide array of ways for people to get those 500 and they do add up pretty quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, that's great. And I want to put in that um, in our program, we have an elective that allows students to take uh, to do a 50 hour internship that we facilitate. And those 50 hours also count towards that 500 hours. Am I correct in saying that? <laughs> Just want to make sure I'm correct in saying uh, that. Yes, I believe yes. so. Yes, okay. that is yeah. correct. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, okay. So um, can we talk about the actual process of taking the exam? It, you know, I mean, really nuts and bolts. I, I, I know the answer to this, but <laughs> is it in person? Is it online? Yeah. Like how, what is actually, um, how is that, that exam uh, taken? Um, so I'll start first, Danny, and then I'm going to kick it over to you. Okay. Um, so the board exam um, is taken online uh, in the comfort of your own home or wherever you feel comfortable doing that kind of thing. Um, it We use a proctoring service because of the intensity and because of, of our desire to maintain the integrity of the exam. It is a proctored exam. Um, it is not open book. It is closed book. It's closed everything except for your computer. Um, <laughs> and uh, you are literally being watched as you are taking the exam. It's timed. Um, there are 151 questions on the exam. It consists of five different domains. Um, and the questions are uh are, you know, they, they're given to you as you're taking the exam. Once you submit, you move on to the next question. Um, Danny, do you want to talk a little bit about ProctorU and the setup process? Because I think sometimes that maybe trips people up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so once you're approved to take the exam uh, by us, you've come, you've completed the application process. I provide you with a link. It's a direct link to set up through ProctorU and you will actually create your own account with them and schedule your exam. Um, and there, there's a very handy video that I provide in your um application approval email that shows you step-by-step step everything that you will expect um, when logging on with this proctor and, and going through this process. And it's things that you would kind of expect from a proctored exam online. So you're going to have to take a picture of your face. You're going to have to show your photo ID. You're going to have to pan around the room with your camera and kind of show them my notebooks, nobody's here giving me answers, anything like that. It can be a little intimidating, especially if you've never done something like this before. So I mm -hmm. strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that you go through the resources that we provide you with. It's a checklist of what to expect through that process, how to test your computer equipment, make sure it's compatible and doing all this ahead of time before, you know, the day of the exam and you're going, okay, I'm ready it's not working, you know, so mm -hmm. that's all very important to do ahead of time. And mm -hmm. we provide you with everything you need to be able to feel comfortable and secure during this process. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, and then what, what is the passing grade? Is, is it, um, 70, 70%. I, I, 70%. Mm -hmm. So, and it's pass fail, you either get 70 or higher. Correct. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and Nicole, you, you said something, you said, 
um, something about where the questions come from. Can you elaborate a little bit on where the questions come from? Yeah. So in the board exam study guide, which again is available for free in downloadable forum on our website, uh, we provide the entire list of materials that need to be studied um, for the exam. And every single question on the exam has been curated from those materials. Um, I know that there are other exams in our industry where people kind of sit around a room in a room and talk about, well, let's have this question. It can't be found. <laughs> the answer cannot be found in any one singular place. So um, we wanted to have a validated exam. And that was part of our process was every single question comes from those. If you do not study those materials and you're studying off of the internet, or I read this book once that, that said this, you may not do well. And here's why. As Diane, you can confirm this. There are a lot of conflicting ideas about certain <laughs> things in our industry. Really? I had no it's idea. It's a shocker, right? So. Yeah. It's it, it was important for us to be able to say, this is where the answer is. Mm -hmm. it, here is a, a definitive answer. Now, you may find something online that is in conflict, but the questions for our exam came from these sources. So whatever these sources say about that, mm -hmm. that is what you need to study and know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, something we always say when people ask us about, you know, they're, they're thinking about taking the exam after they graduate, even sometimes even before they start school, um, you know, they ask it, how well prepared am I going to be by going through your curriculum at NTI, uh, to take the board exam. And I always say, you know, um, I, 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 I always say, I doubt there is anything on the board exam that is something that you have never heard of, um, after going through our curriculum, it, you know, everything that is, is on that exam, um, in your study materials that you're going to be doing that you need to do, um, you will have been introduced to that or likely, um, inundated in that content by going through our curriculum. So yes, going through our curriculum will prepare you to feel confident in your ability to study yeah. for the exam. Yeah. You know, I always tell them you still need to study for mm -hmm. the exam. You still need to make sure you're using whatever study materials they give you, go through the study guide, um, you know, get the books that they recommend because you still need to do that. But it's not as if, um, they are going to be completely separate and, uh, you know, it's going to be from two different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 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 Well, and, and, and I would like to say too, Diane, um, the scores that we see for people who have graduated from NTI are, are very, very good. They're yeah. very, mm -hmm. very good. So mm -hmm. um, your school has a particularly high rate of passage of the board exam. And I believe it's because of the level of education that they're, that your folks are getting um, mm -hmm. through your school. What we see is when the foundation isn't strong, 
Mm-hmm. then they they don't do well. So you're providing such a strong foundation and you're absolutely right. There shouldn't be anything on our board exam that that is at that is unfamiliar, right? Yes, right. That is unfamiliar. And so mm-hmm. uh, again, it's it's a board exam in holistic nutrition. Your program right. is teaching holistic nutrition, right? That's so right. those mm-hmm. things they work together. They work in tandem. But absolutely, mm-hmm. we do recommend that people study. Um, yes. We recommend study groups. Um, and here's here's something that that we don't talk about very often, but I think is incredibly important. I think that taking the board exam as close to graduation as you can is very wise for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. First of all, maybe you have friends and and study mates in your cohort that you could study with and people that you already know, people that you're familiar with, maybe you're in a groove, maybe you're in a rhythm with them, but also, and perhaps even more importantly, you've established good study habits and the information is fresh in your mind. Yeah. What I see is when people take a break or a long break, oh, I'm going to take yeah. a couple of years off and I'm really not going to yeah. do anything in the field. And then they come back and they try to take the exam. It's so much harder than, mm-hmm. you know, you're in the groove, you're on a clip, just keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's when we see the greatest success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, we may have already covered this throughout our conversation, but just to give you another opportunity to kind of um, uh, let people know things they need to be thinking about. Are there any commonalities um, in, in areas that people struggle with in the exam itself, not necessarily the application process, Danny, that you were talking about, but taking the exam itself? besides those things that we've already talked about and and maybe there aren't but um you know just to have the opportunity to talk about other things people need to be thinking about yeah i think one of the things that i've um i've noticed and in, in, in conversations with people is um don't doubt yourself when you're taking the exam okay um <clears throat> the exam is rigorous it, it is and it should be it's a board mm-hmm. exam, as we've said, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not inaccessible if you have a good foundation and if you study for it. I would say a good amount of time is somewhere between three and six months to study for it. And if you're mm-hmm. in a study group and you divide the workload, then share notes with one another. It can really make it a whole lot easier on you. But when you doubt yourself and you second guess yourself in the process, that can be a very slippery slope. If you know something and you know it well and, you know, go with your answers. Um, I can't, Danny's, Danny's nodding with me because how many times have we heard people (laughs) say, well, I kept second guessing myself and changing my answers Uh and they don't do well, right? Don't second guess yourself. Really, really know what you know and go in with the confidence. And I think a lot of that does come from studying the right materials, Mm-hmm. The doubt comes in when you've been taking in information from too many sources yes. that, are, that may be in conflict with the information that's in the materials that we've recommended that you study. That's when people mm-hmm. really start to second guess themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, 
Is it multiple choice or essay questions or combination? All multiple choice. We don't have any okay. essay questions on the exam okay. at all. So yeah. 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 So that, and, and, you know, multiple choice, like on the surface, multiple choice seems like a real, like easy, you know, like, oh, just pick one. But when you have four different, four, maybe five, I don't know, uh, different choices, and sometimes they are conflicting, that's right. when you can get tripped up, right? If you're not confident in what you know. So yeah, that's, that's a great tip. Well, and you do have the ability with this exam. Um, it's a very sophisticated um, proctoring, not proctoring, uh, testing system that we use. Um, multi-layered, very, very complex. You do have the ability to bookmark a question so that you can go oh. back. Oh, great. Say there is a question that you're just really struggling with and it's eating up a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think we give plenty of time for the exam. Most people finish the exam within an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. We allow three full hours for the exam. So there's so much time. But let's say you're really spending a lot of time in your, and you are, you're second guessing yourself and you're just not sure. Bookmark that question. You can go back to it later. And maybe as you're progressing through the exam, something else will jog you or jar you and, and you're Oh, the answer comes to you and you now you know you know it, right? Mm -hmm, so take mm -hmm. advantage of, and this is where I would I would really tell people, take a few deep breaths before you start. Really be relaxed, be comfortable in your space, be comfortable with your internet speed. So if your internet <laughs> speed isn't great, but your folks have really good internet speed, go and do it at mom and dad's, yeah. <laughs> um, right? Don't Don't chance that. But just mm -hmm. be as calm and collected as you can so that you can read what's on the screen. I think a lot of people get so nervous that they don't read what's right in front of them and they miss the miss the, the um, opportunity to bookmark something or even know that they mm -hmm. could bookmark something. Mm -hmm. um, so just take a few deep breaths, be ready for it mentally, have the confidence in your education and your study. And I think you'll do fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other question. Um, is there a limit on the number of times people can take it if they don't pass it the first time? Yes. Annie, what is that limit? I'll, I'll throw is. that one. <laughs> there is, there is a three limit uh, to how many times you can take the exam. And okay. each time you have to retest within six months of your prior exam date. Okay. And to retake it, do they have to go through the full application process again? Or is no, it just... They don't. It okay. is a much smaller, teeny tiny okay. little application process where I'm just kind of okay. collecting any necessary updated information from them. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Well, um, you have answered all of my questions. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to get out there uh, to the masses um, about this topic? I, I want to just um, make sure that folks are aware that in order to maintain the board certification, and this is common with any board certification, there is a recertification requirement. Danny touched on this earlier. It's every mm -hmm. two years. And mm -hmm. so what is required is maintaining professional membership in the NANP and ensuring that you collect 15 continuing education credits every year. 
Um, so if you're only a professional member, we require 10. But if you're board certified, we require 15, right? Because we're you're telling your clients, we're telling the world, this person has a superior education, they carry a superior title. Um, so we require a little bit more from folks. And um, at, on the NAMP website, you can find oodles and oodles and oodles of ways to earn continuing education. We feel very, very strongly about the importance of continuing education. Diane, mm -hmm. I know that you agree with me that our industry, I think our industry is one of the fastest moving industries on the planet right now. There are new studies coming out every single day that enlighten us and move our needle um, as practitioners in a very meaningful way. If you think that your education is a one and done, you are wrong. It is mm -hmm. continuous. You have mm -hmm. to stay on top of what is the latest and greatest in the industry so that you can be the most effective with your clients. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so as the industry association, we do have requirements for continuing education. We don't take it lightly. It's very, very serious. And But we believe that this is how we make our mark and this is how we establish ourselves as contributors to the healthcare paradigm in our country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Danny, anything else you'd like to add that we didn't talk about? Um, just touching on that recredential process, the great news to that, folks, is the contact hours, they're one and done. Once you've submitted them, you do not have to continue to provide contact hours every two years for your recredential. It's just that one time and you're good to go. Great. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, both of you for being here. I hope that uh, listeners and watchers of this podcast will um, get something out of this. If they are prospective students who are thinking about coming to school at NTI, um, you know, recognizing that uh, our curriculum does help prepare you to take the exam, but of course you still need to study. Um, and uh, um, and and for those who are students and even graduates, um, you know, think about that next step after you graduate. If you're a current student and if you're a graduate, um, you know, think about whether or not you want to add this additional uh, certification onto your title that you get from us at NTI. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, ladies. It was a wonderful conversation. And um, I love talking to people at the NANP. Um, <laughs> I always learn new things. And, and I think it's great that we are able to collaborate with each other. Um, you know, uh, this field always needs, um, uh, well, I don't know if it needs, but it, in, in this field, we always want to make sure that we are sharing what we know and uh, we need to get more exposure and uh, having conversations like this is really important. So thank you Wonderful. so thank much you for having, having us, Diane. And we're yeah, so grateful absolutely. for our, um, for having you, your school um, for the NANP being an, an NANP approved school and for uh, you being an anchor school. We're very, very grateful for our partnership. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Hi there. And thanks for listening today. If what you heard today inspires you to want to pursue an education in holistic nutrition here at Nutrition Therapy Institute, please check us out on our website, ntichool.com, and reach out to us at admissions at ntichool.com. Our in-depth 
comprehensive education is sure to provide you with the knowledge and skills you need to create the work of your dreams. Do something that feeds your passion, aligns with your values, and fuels your drive for a vital and meaningful life. It will be rewarding for yourself, your family, and anyone else with whom you interact. And with that, see you on the next episode.